Hey everybody, it's JT. What is on your holiday meal shopping list? Well, I would suggest Painted Hills Natural Beef. It is some of the best beef in the world. And your friends and family will be thanking you for a long time if you serve Painted Hills Natural Beef for your holiday meals. And now you can buy it online just by going to PaintedHillsBeef.com. Use the code BBQNATION at checkout and save yourself 15% on your order. Give Painted Hills Natural Beef a place on your table this holiday season. It's time for Barbecue Nation with JT. So fire up your grill, light the charcoal, and get your smoker cooking. Now, from the Turn It, Don't Burn It studios in Portland, here's JT. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the nation. That's Barbecue Nation. I'm JT along with Camaro Dave and Commander Chris. Coming to you from the Turn It, Don't Burn It studios in Portland. This part of Painted Hills, this part of Painted Hills, this part of uh, Barbecue Nation is brought to you by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef the way nature intended. Check them out online at PaintedHillsNaturalBeef.com. You guys know how much I like comedy and I like to make jokes about stuff. Well, we've got a, a pro back on the show today. This is, I don't know, Vic's fourth time, I think, on the show, something, maybe fifth. Something like that. Yeah, but we got Vic uh, Clevenger, the, um, the cooking comedian with us today. Um, coming to us from Florida. I don't want to hear a damn thing about how nice the weather is in Florida. <laughs> it's horrible down here. It's like 75 degrees or something. 72 degrees. Yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure you're walking around in shorts and a, <clears throat> in a, you know, golf shirt or t-shirt or something. Yeah. yeah. Can't hardly get into the pool. <sighs> now I'm really, I'm going to come down there and beat you. <laughs> I mean, that's it. So, What's going on with Mr. Vic and what's going on with, you know, your chimney cartel and stuff to get us started here? Oh, yeah. Well, the chimney cartel, as most people know, is just a way of cooking and uh, cooking on a chimney. So all of your listeners know what a starter chimney is. I started cooking on that. Just give them a nutshell for any new listeners who don't know my background. Went to a contest to MC the, the event, but also wanted to cook the contest. So I threw down a little chimney with a grill grate. Put a steak on, finished seventeenth, uh, no thirteenth out of out of about forty contestants. Mm-hmm. First time cooking on a chimney, and then you know, after a couple of times, I just hashtag it the chimney cartel. It took off, and now we're promoting and uh, building our own um, little cookers. Cool. So it's doing what we do, man. Just staying busy. We got a contest uh, coming up, so. So we're running contests, we're going to contests, we're selling our chimneys. You can go to chimneycartel.com and get more information on those. They're about three foot high. They'll cook you two ribeyes, great for the backyard, great for date night. So it's uh, great for tailgating. So it's the uh, it's the thing to do. Throw some charcoal in there, uses about 25 briquettes. So that's my big my big push. And then I'm just cooking up a storm with my with my sponsors, B&B and Dr. Wilhelm and Boar's Night Out and Sweet Smoke Q. Well, you got them all in there now, dude. Tearing it up, man. I did. I did. I feel like a NASCAR driver, man. <laughs> well, cool. How did Yeah, this is good to Will Hill, Boys Night Out, Sweet Smoke Q, Chimney Cartel, Race Car Grill. It just went just fast as it can go. And uh, it was a hot rod now, but we didn't quite finish where we wanted to finish. But we'll get there next week. Yeah, well, you just got to get up behind them and kind of dra- draft <laughs> and then go into the corner. Um, how did COVID affect uh, the barbecue not we know how they affected the competitions, but how's it doing in Florida with the uh, barbecue restaurants 
and stuff. Yeah, now, well, you, you guys have been open a lot more than the rest of the states. Yeah, we have. We have. We've been, Florida's been pretty much open. Uh, we shut down just like everybody else did. And then those in charge felt like we were kind of getting a handle on it and they eased it back open again. So you pretty much, pretty much wide open now. And we're running par, uh, if you believe the news or whatever, we're running par with about everybody else, and we're wide open. So those states that are closed entirely, uh, their numbers aren't much different than our numbers. Um, like I said, if you believe what's on the news and stuff, you know, give or take. Um, but the but barbecue restaurants, it just everybody's had to learn a new way of, of serving. Right. Uh, a lot of barbecue restaurants didn't have curbside service. They didn't have, I mean, they had carryout. A lot of them did, but they didn't have curbside or they didn't have drive-throughs, and so they had to redo their their models, like a lot of other different types of restaurants had to do. And so now you go to a restaurant down here. There's specific parking spots for curbside pickup, and and you'll walk into a restaurant, put your name on the list, and uh, there'll be somebody, three or four people in front of you, just picking up their food to go. And I mean, we're talking like nice, you know, decent places like, you know, you go to barbecue joints or Olive Garden or something sure. like that. So it does, sure. it's affected about everybody. So, but it's, it's doing all right. But I think what, what COVID has done, um, although it's shut us down and what I do as far as competitions and stuff. Um, but what it's done, though, I think it's helped elevate everybody's outdoor cooking game. Uh, there for a while, uh, you couldn't find charcoal down here. Uh, B&B, Kingsford, Royal Oak. Uh, Rockwood, none of it. Uh, it was all, it was all gone, mm-hmm. and uh, then it slowly started coming back. I don't know how it was up in up in Portland, up in Oregon, uh, but it was just crazy. But I think everybody started saying, you know, we're just going, we can't go to a restaurant. We're going to cook outside. So they they opened up their little Weber grill or their little seventy five dollar Walmart grill and started cooking. And I think everybody's game elevated. I think people got tired of cooking just burgers, so I think more and more people are cooking. And learning the excitement of cooking on an open fire. Sure. Absolutely. Well, here, you don't need charcoal. You can just take your steak, put it on a stick, go down to one of the <laughs> federal buildings every night that they light on fire here in Portland, you know, season it, just put it on a stick. If you f- feed those people, um, I had to curb <laughs> my language there. If you feed I'm those really- people that are <laughs> rioting, they'll, they'll probably leave you alone. But you can cook it's probably your, like like cooking an old hot dog at a campfire, then isn't it? Yeah, it's a really big ass campfire, <laughs> though. You know, and you do that. Well, yeah, it is a building. Yeah, it is a building. But you know, and there's always beverages coming your way. Water bottles flying. You know, uh, frozen. They they freeze them and throw them. And so, well, good. They keep them for a while. They, yeah. Well, you got to be able to catch and hold on to it. Don't let yeah, it yeah. slip out of your hand. But you know that that's one way they they cured the charcoal shortage up here. Now there's no shortage. Notice they're not throwing beer. That's you got to get in the second tier. They're the guys that are sitting. Oh, I got you. Sitting on the other side yeah. of the sidewalk drinking beer. Okay, so oh, I got you. You know, you can go over there, and it reminds me that one time we were doing on TV, we were doing a parade, and I had. It was live. It was a 4th of July parade. Every television station in Portland had their own parade, the Rose Parade, the Starlight Parade, so on and so forth. So the station I was with at the time and and still am did not have their own parade. Well, they they made Hmm. one and it was 4th of July parade. It was right down Broadway in downtown Portland. So I come in and I bring a grill in there and I'm set up on the sidewalk. 
and they're they're doing a lot of cutaways to me and all this. Well, I got I got a little congregation of homeless people behind me because they smelled the food. <laughs> and so finally I walked over to him. I said, listen, guys, do this for me. If you don't bother me during when, when we're doing the live shots, when we're all done, I will feed you. Is that a deal? And they said, yeah. So they all said they were like my security team, you know, around That's funny. nobody, you know, because I actually had the girl right out in the street and the parade. I was like 10 feet maybe from the people marching in the parade and the floats and that kind of stuff. Anyway, it was, it was pretty funny, but, and I kept my word when we were done, I fed them all and they were happy. Yeah. So, so, you know, it works out like or that. You had a little ride on your hands if you hadn't. Well, I didn't never. Yeah. I I probably wouldn't be here today if I hadn't, you know, that was like an armistice deal, you know, like that to keep everybody happy there, but it worked out good. Um, Vic, I, I've, we've got a bunch of new stations and stuff. So mm -hmm. I wanted to, you to tell people how you came to be the cooking comedian and how you got involved. And we got about four minutes before we got to go to break. So lay it okay. on them. Sure. So I, I was a um, professional speaker and comedian uh, by trade. And so, but I loved cooking. And so I hooked up with the National Barbecue and Grilling Association and told them like, look, if y'all hire me to come and perform and um, I'll just trade you the convention fees for a performance and then uh, they did, and then really from there, the rest is history as far as the cook and comedian goes. I did some comedy, made fun of some of them, and uh, just been cooking. Now it's I've kind of stepped away from the cooking or from the comedian part of it as much, except for when I do my classes. So when I'm teaching classes and stuff, it's a lot of fun. It's a hoot and a holler, and so I do some of that. So I'm more more of the cooking guy now. The chimney <laughs> cartels kind of taken over from the cooking comedian part, but it's. Uh, it's a lot of fun. That's that's how a cooking comedian got started. Uh, so if you come to one of my classes, you're going to have a lot of fun and laugh and carry on, and uh, but you're going to learn how to cook some food. Oh, that's excellent. That's excellent. Um, was it a big change just to go from your doing, you know, speaking and doing stand up and different things like that, off to really focusing more on the food aspect? Well, yeah, it was in a way, but it timed out just right because um, as I was getting more and more involved in teaching and cooking and that kind of stuff, my comedy started to uh, drop off a little bit and then COVID hit and then nobody was doing shows. It didn't matter who you were, whether it was Garth Brooks or the, the open micer that opens up every Tuesday night. Right. So nobody was doing anything. So it worked out well because I was still able to still able to write, which I do. I'm a professional writer, as you know. I've written for a lot of different journals and um, still do. And uh, so I was able to do some classes as well. So I was able to transition because when you're doing it privately, um, you know, you could do a little few more things um, that kind of skews away from the COVID restrictions that you would for a regular um, open assembly because it's a private thing. It's at sure. your, own, your own house, that kind of thing, or at somebody's house. So, so I was able to transition. So it timed out just, uh, just right. Uh, as far as that aspect goes now, as far as, you know, cooking and getting my name out there for as, as a competitive cook, you know, that took a hit, um, again, but, um, but you know, everybody took a hit then. And so now everything's getting back to, 
in the swing of things. We're just now doing some barbecue contests down here and getting, uh, of course, SEA is still, you know, it's, it's ramping up again. So it's, um, it's doing well. I mean, it wasn't, it was a big transition, but yet it was time just right. Uh, when I look back on things. Well, that that's good for you, man. That's good for you. Yeah. I, you know, and I still like joke around, though. Um, we're going to take a break uh, here on Barbecue Nation on the Sun Radio Network. Vic and I will be back in a few minutes. Please stay with us. Hey everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Hey, welcome back to Barbecue Nation. I'm JT. Today we're talking with Vic Clevenger. Before we get back and talk with Vic, uh, if you want to email us, couple of things you can go to the barbecue nation website which is just barbecue nation dot you know dot com in jt um and there's a icon there that you can send me a message or um if you want to come more directly to me it's just info at the cowboycook.com also we're on facebook and twitter and a gazillion platforms uh you know for the kind of the podcast version of the show so anyway, there's all kinds of ways to reach out, ask us questions, uh, get you in touch with some of the guests and that type of thing. So we can do that for you. <coughs> Excuse me. We've got Vic Plevenger with us, the um, the cooking comedian. Did the the COVID in Florida, you know, you were talking about kind of the, the government makes suggestions and you as a business owner, mm-hmm. you know, kind of take into consideration and try to make it work that way. Um your neighboring states like say like Georgia and stuff and, and uh, I don't know any of them around down South there, you know, Alabama, Mississippi, any of those, have they all fared fairly decently? Cause your weather's warmer most of the time. It is. I think some of the other Southern states have done all right. It depends on, it depends on the government. Um, you know, it, it, it so goes from state to state uh, by and large, our states are pretty even. Uh, you can travel um, in and out of the states and go pretty much where you want. Even when I've gone to Georgia or Alabama, um, it's been the you know keep your six feet, wear your mask. That's yeah. that's it. There's yeah. no um, there's nothing, which is fine. I don't mind. I mean, I I don't mind staying six feet away from some people, and uh, some people look better with a mask. So <laughs> so I don't uh, I don't I don't mind that at all. It's just when the the governor starts saying you could do this or they put all these travel restrictions and and everything and right. it, it, like like when it first came when it first happened I it was back in April or so um, I was coming back from up north I was driving uh, which is one of the rarities you used to fly uh, when I go up to Ohio and Kentucky so I was driving back into Florida and they pulled me off into the uh, to the way station they they've they kind of filtered you out, you know, and said, okay, where are you from? Where are you coming from? I'm like, well, I live here in Florida. And they said, yes, sir. That's not what we asked. We asked, where are you coming from? I'm like, well, Kentucky. And they said, okay, go ahead. I said, you were just checking to see if I came from New York, weren't you? And they're like, yeah. That's when New York was just going crazy with yeah. everything. And, and, uh, and I was like, all I had to do is say another state other than New York. And I was, I was fine. 
So if, even if I was come, coming from New York, if I'd have said anything else other than New York, they'd have just let me go. Sure. And I'm like, that's just that's just crazy to me. So, but whatever. Yeah. Let them do what they want and spend their money. They well, hire people sometimes to do that. Well, let's talk a little more about barbecue down there. When things are mm. normal, sans COVID, what type of uh, competition schedule are you looking at down south now? Um, man, a lot. So if it gets back to normal, you'll have your your choice of what to do. There'll be a barbecue contest, at least one, um, every week, whether it's FBA, Florida Barbecue Association, or KCBS, or both. Sometimes they'll have both contests, both organ, both uh, sanctioning bodies have a contest um, in the same weekend. So that well, it doesn't happen often, but it does happen. So there's, you'll have barbecue contests every weekend, and a lot of those will be coupled with a state contest. And those, um, you know, those are just happening all over the place now. I got one in St. Augustine this weekend. There's one in 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 February or March, uh, same place. And there's uh, just about everywhere you can go to a different different contest. But it's not still it's not full song. We're still waiting. The the barbecue slow to come on. Yeah, SCA is is ramping up. We're getting more and more contests down here in Florida. Uh, where you can just about go to one if you have the sponsorship and the money. You can go every just about every week. Uh, barbecue is a little, they're a little slow to the, uh, uh, slow to the game. So there was one in St. Augustine this weekend, but that's the first one in a while. So a lot of people have been just doing, still doing some of the virtual stuff. Some of them are still doing unsanctioned stuff. You know, if some buddies getting together, uh, just to keep keep their thing sharp. It's like, just like anything. Like when when you're playing sports. Um, that's the reason why they have the spring training. You know, they have the they have the training, then they have the spring training just to sharpen your skills back up. So when the time for the big game comes, uh, you're ready to go. Sure. And that's that's what a lot of them are doing with some of their virtual stuff because they're still cooking in their backyards. They're still putting doing the same thing. Uh, they're getting their appearance scores um, looking good. Of course, virtually you can't do the taste or the or anything, but um, you can look at it and see. Oh, it looks great. It looks like it has a good texture. So they're working on that, <clears throat> and then uh, some of them are just having their own little contests. Uh, you get a group of guys together and say, "Hey, let's meet over here, watch them calls, and and throw down some ribs and drink a few beers, and and or throw down a brisket or two, and have our own little contest." So there's there's things happening, um, but I can't wait to get back to full song to where I have to actually choose what I want to do. Right. Right. Well, you know, if you're doing that cul-de-sac thing and you got three or four guys and they put a couple of briskets down, that's a lot of beers, not a few beers. That's that's, yes. that's a lot of <laughs> yes, beers. It is. <laughs> you got to stay hydrated, you know. You that, do. You can't get dehydrated when you're cooking a brisket. No. And it's a long process. I don't care. I don't care which method you use. It still takes time. So it does, you know, you, you got to be well, I think people like a lot of mistakes. Everyone wants to do everything hot and fast nowadays. I think this, that's too much room for air when you start doing hot and fast. So I'm a, I'm a, a tried and true low and slower. Yeah. I'm, I'm that way. I'm kind of a middle of the road guy, but I don't like the, the really the, for my own use. Now, if it makes sense for people to do it for themselves, mm -hmm. go, go for it. I don't care, but I I'm, I'm a little slower. Um, well, my wife says that all the time. She says, you're getting older, you're getting slower, you know? Um, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's one of those things where there was an original method to our madness in doing the low and slow cooking. Mm -hmm. And 
to some degree, and this is just me personally, and I respect everybody that has their own methods, but to me, we're kind of letting life infiltrate where uh, cooking, whether you are cooking for a contest or just cooking for a group of people at home or just your family, part of that was the enjoyment of the long cook and, mm -hmm. you know, being able to, to visit and, you know, maybe mow your yard or whatever in the hell you were doing. But when they come in and say, now we can do a brisket in, in two hours and 25 minutes, I'm like, yeah, okay. You know, that that kind of really defeated the purpose of the of the low and slow originally. You're listening to Barbecue Nation here on the Sun Radio Network. If you're enjoying GT and his show, come check out my podcast, Around the House with Eric G, where we talk home improvement and design right here where you catch this podcast. Head to AroundTheHouseOnline.com. Welcome back to Barbecue Nation. I'm JT. Um, today we're talking with Vic Clevenger. Before we get back to Vic, I'd like to thank the folks at Painter Hills Natural Beef for uh, helping us with this show and also Gunter Wilhelm Knives. And I actually have Vic to kind of thank for helping me with that deal. Um, they're great quality in the kitchen. I really like them. They're well balanced. Um, I've just really grown fond of the Gunter Wilhelm Knives. You can check them out online at GunterWilhelm.com. So we're talking with Vic. Clevenger, the cooking comedian, and I'm, we were kind of comparing hot and fast versus low and slow. And like I said, Vic, if somebody wants to do that, you know, if they want to cook their brisket, for example, hot and fast, you know, you can do that. That's that's fine. I'm just, you know, I guess I'm showing my age or whatever, but I still prefer the low and slow thing. Now, to be fair, I don't go 16 hours or anything like that. I'll I'll go 8 to 10, maybe a little longer than that, and then sometimes I'll pull it out and wrap it and throw it um, in the cooler. Sometimes I'll you know wrap it and put it back on the on the cooker, depending on which cooker I'm using. It just depends, but you're never going to convince me that a brisket uh, is going to be <coughs> excuse me as good. If you've done it for two and a half hours, it just, that's just I, me. I, that's the thing with, with, um, with briskets. It's such a, such a piece of, such a tough piece of meat. Yep. Um, I just, hard, it's hard to say two hours is going to be enough. Right. To cook something like that. But, you know, Myron Mixon is a hot and fast guy. So, and, uh, so you can't really argue too much with him. Well, that, you yeah, know what? That's a good that's that's a good segue, though, Vic. Because my next question yeah. to you was, do you think the TV shows have helped or hindered the barbecue world? Now, TV shows are basically about competition cooking for the most part. Mm -hmm. They're very entertaining, and yes, you can pick up a lot of tips if you choose to use them. But um, as we've brought out before on this show you're probably not going to do a lot of that at home. And those guys are not looking for the same flavor texture, what have you that they turn in to be judged at a competition versus what you're going to do at home. You're not going to spend a lot of time to me, you know, injecting these, these big cuts of meats and stuff mm -hmm. to me, that's not the flavor of the meat, but that's just me. 
That's just me. Right. You know, you can put all the rubs on them you want. That's great. Uh, you can trim them up. I think you do learn to trim nicely if you watch some of those. But what's your uh, take on what the TV shows have, how they've uh, either positively or non-positively affected uh, people that cook outside? I think a little bit of both. Uh, I look at the, you know, Myron's show and, and they got a new show on, on Netflix that uh, Melissa Cookson is one of the judges on. And, and um, um, I think those kind of things are intriguing to most people. I, I view them kind of like uh, the Food Network. Um, yeah. When you watch the evening shows on the Food Network, it's nothing but food contests. It's a it's a food sport, just like what we do in a competition on the barbecue circuit. They're sure. they're finally coming to the party, so to speak. So so what they're doing is the same thing. But I think every once in a while, for a guy that loves barbecue and loves cooking out, they're going to watch those competition shows and say, "Let me try that. Let me see why that's so so great." But I think a lot of guys are going to sit back and watch the barbecue uh, shows. Like, yeah, okay, I'm not going. Oh, that looks really great. Let me have to try that one day. Just like. Right. Uh, somebody looks at the food networks. Oh man, I really would like to try that, and then they never do. So, I think um, I think it's helped elevate our barbecue to a to another level. Sure. Uh, whereas it's not the it, it's it's not just burgers and dogs. You know, it's if we're talking briskets and pork, and we're talking um, crazy stuff like like I cook like alligator or octopus and sure. And, you know, it, so it, it's taking everything to a whole new level. And it's, it's um, and especially now with COVID, I think if Myron had his show on now uh, with COVID, uh, it'd be a blockbuster movie. It'd be a blockbuster show. Yeah. Because it, it was, cause we had nothing to do but sit at home and watch TV and cook. That's it. Um, so I think it'd be a great thing. But I think, I think it's helped elevate the awareness that barbecue is its own cuisine. It's not just, um, something by itself and it's more than just burgers and dogs some people have never heard of a tri-tip some people have never heard of another difference between a flank steak and a ribeye steak or they've nobody's ever seen a tomahawk um as compared to i don't know um uh, um a beef loin so sure uh, what's the difference between baby back ribs and beef ribs so there's there's a lot of things that that tv shows have helped um but i think some things the tv shows have um, not really discouraged, but I think they're a lot like the Food Network. That, that's just basically how I'm going to compare it. Is you know you're going to have your home cooks and at home thinking, oh man, that, that looks really delicious. I've tried it one day, and they never do. You're going to have your home barbecue guy, like I'm going to try that one day, and then they never do. So it's all in the person, I think, as they watch it. But I think the barbecue shows have elevated um, our line of work to a whole new, whole new level where. You know, now because I think because of Myron's show with, with him and Tuffy and Aaron, um, that's put um, Bobby Flay and um, what's his buddy's name? Michael Simon. They had their barbecue competition last year, year before last. Right. Um, I think that was a part of that. Um, a lot of us barbecue guys pay attention to Michael Simon because of his connection to Mike Mills. And right. Mike Mills helped him with his restaurant in Cleveland. And, and Mike helped with the the Big Apple barbecue thing that he used to have in a city in New York City. So mm-hmm. there's it's elevated a lot of things for us, and having these shows have done that. Um, so I mean, it, it just it's just put us on the map. And so I can't I can't knock any of the TV shows, and 
you know, the first person to really knock the TV shows is probably one that's not been on TV. <laughs> well, the only thing I was going to say is this, is that I've been on TV for a long time, and mm -hmm. this is what I've learned. When I do a fairly complicated dish on TV, mm -hmm. they have fewer people that come and download the recipe. Okay. Right. When I do that, something that's fairly simple, maybe no more than four or five steps and a list of ingredients that's no more than, you know, six or eight type thing in, in the complete dish. Um, it's very successful. People really like it. They'll download it. I'll get emails about it like that. But if I come in with something that's a little cumbersome and a little mm -hmm. complicated, like you say, they'll look at it and they'll say, man, that really looks good. Yeah. I, you know, I'd like to try that, but they won't. Sometimes it's because it's cost prohibitive to do it, but most of the time it's, I don't have the time at home to do this, even though everybody's pretty much staying at home where I live now, you know, but if they've got kids or something, um, you know, they're underfoot these days and they have been for a while, but just over the 20 years I've been doing it, I can say that if you keep it, Simple, like the old KISS, you know, acronym. Exactly. You know, like that. People will try it, and a lot of times you get messages from them, say, hey, I did that, it looked great, it tasted great, whatever. But if you get a little too far off into the weeds, stuff that guys like you and me would go, oh, yeah, I, I can do that because I can do it blindfolded, you know, blah, blah, blah. Right. But if you've got somebody new and you make it too complicated, sometimes you can turn them off by doing it. And it's sim can. simply a matter of their allotment of time in their lives, whether it's COVID or not is happening. The allotment of time they have to do certain things. That's what, that's well, they still have life. They still have their kids. Yeah. They still have oh. you know, the lawn, the mow and that kind of stuff. And I think, you know, as we were talking, I just got thinking a person could write a cookbook and do, um, you know, learn the basics kind of cookbook with the simple recipes, the basic recipes and, you know, four or five, six step recipes. And then below that, and just say, kick it up a notch and then use the same recipe, but show them how they can take it to a whole new level. Sure. Sure. And then they would have basically half the recipes, but twice the size of the book. That's, that would be a, uh, that'd be a good little cookbook. Well, actually what I've, I've done that on TV where I, mm -hmm. this last year, cause now we're filming the segments at my house. Um, oh, wow. and so you know, I've taken some some recipes that I did years ago, and they're still really good. They're kind of just very basic and staple is what I call them, you know. And then I've taken them and done just that thing. I've kind of kicked them up a notch, made it a little fancier, not too mm -hmm. much, but just put a little different spin on it, so to speak. And they've and they've been uh, received very well. But, um, again, I just think yeah, you can't make it too complicated. Like, yeah. like I was watching that TV show for the hundredth time that Julia and Julia, that Julia child. Oh, sure. I love that show for whatever reason. I mean, I just dig Julia child, but I, but if you go and look at her cookbook, it's quite the complicated cookbook. Oh yeah. That, that mastering of French cooking, it's, it's quite the cookbook. And so for people nowadays, uh, who have time crunched, who, um, who just basically get discouraged or want, you know, fast now, that'd be a little bit more cumbersome for somebody to cook. I mean, I would, I would dig it, but it is, it'd be, it'd be hard to do for a lot of people. Well, how many people feel comfortable though, too, putting a 
putting basically a cast iron pot on the grill or on the your stovetop and mm-hmm. you know simmering the the beef for that beef <clears throat> Uh, dish that she so and they did it in the movie mm-hmm. that was the first one that mm-hmm. amy adams yeah tried to do and ruined it a couple of times before mm-hmm. it got that's that's also kind of an expensive recipe to do right you know if you do that and the and you botch it a couple of times you might lose interest in it so exactly uh, i mean exactly. julia basically wrote the encyclopedia britannica for cooking you know in her work there so that's that's just my thought. I mean, I agree. It, it's it's a huge book. Uh, I've got several of her books, and you really have to be into cooking to want to dig what Julia Child cook into them. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, we're going to take a break, and we're going to be back in just a moment. Kel Phelps is going to join us too in a minute. We'll be back on Barbecue oh, cool. Nation. Hey everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Hey, welcome back to Barbecue Nation here on the Sun Radio Network. I'm JT. Uh, we'll get back with our buddy Vic Clevenger in just a minute. But first, we've got Kel Phelps from the National Barbecue News is going to uh, give us a little update on the upcoming issue. Man, we're smoking like always, brother. Um, got a huge, huge tribute to one of our, uh, one of my biggest barbecue mentors that, that ever lived was Mike Mills. Sure. And, uh, he passed away in November, and uh, I'm sorry, in December, right before the new year. And uh, so we've got a heck of a tribute to him, and he graces our cover this month. And, um, man, just uh, still brokenhearted about it, but I know him and uh, my dad and several others are uh, are smoking it up on the other side like never before, man. No doubt. Oh, they got some big cooks and, going there, dude. <laughs> yeah, and I can't wait to get there one of these days. So, um <laughs> Uh, you know, we're just uh, in his time. We'll get there, but um, but that's going to lead us off, man. We've got a we've got a ton of comments and stuff from some of the barbecue family who uh, gave some tributes to him and shared some pictures of them along the years uh, with him. And um, real classy, man. We tried to do that up just like uh, everything the Mills family's ever done, first class. And uh, um. But, yeah, so that'll lead us off, and, and that takes up uh, about a quarter of the magazine. And throughout, you'll see other snippets um, give to him as well. Um, but a lot of recipes, man, a lot of, a lot of different stuff in the magazine this month. Um, podcast listings. Ben Arnett um, highlights a yet another uh, podcaster in the barbecue world, man. I know you guys... Uh, do the same. You guys have highlighted several podcasters, man. Appreciate you guys sharing the love with all those other guys out talking barbecue too. Sure. Um, Thank you, Kel. We appreciate that. And folks, you can find national barbecue news online. You can also find them in some of the ACE hardware stores around the country. Um, And then of course there's a digital and a uh, hard copy of that magazine. So I get both. Um, 
just because that's kind of the way I do things. But you can find them online at um, barbecuenews.com. So now let's get back with Vic. What's the one thing we were talking about this off the air a second ago, Vic? What's the one thing that you've learned through all this stay at home process? Oh, wow. Um, that um, I don't know as much about cooking as I thought I did. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing about, I think about cooking is, is it's just, it's, it's an, if you're not interested in learning how to do new things or how to do, uh, to experiment or try new things, then cooking is not for you. Um, if you're just interested in just, you know, cooking the same thing over and over, then, you know, that that's fine. Do it for your family. Uh, but I've learned, I've learned that I like different things. Um, uh, I've, I've liked, um, I've cooked different things that I wouldn't normally cook. So I'm branching out. Like the whole chimney cartel thing is just trying something new. And I've kind of fallen a little bit on doing that. But through COVID, I've learned that I can still try things new. I can try uh, work on my presentations whenever I cook. My, my buddy Eric Hudson from Boys Not Out once said, um, <clears throat> every time he steps into the kitchen or in front of a grill, he is uh, practicing for a contest. And that, that really hit home to me. And so every time I've started cooking, I have um, tried to do something new, a new flavor, a new presentation, something new. And then I learned new techniques. And I've, I've never, I'm not professionally trained at all. So because we saw about those TV shows, because I've watched some of those TV shows and Gunter Wilhelm is one of my sponsors, I wanted to be more proficient in my knife skills. So during COVID, <clears throat> I've started trying to cut my food like a professional chef would with the whole claw method and keeping my knife uh, pinched between my fingers and, and, um, you know, right up against my knuckles. <clears throat> so I'm trying to, I'm not perfect at it yet, <clears throat> but I am, I'm working. I can't go as fast as some of those guys do. And I'm like, all right, so let's, let's work on some things. Let's try some new things. So I've learned that, um, that I'm not as, not as proficient as I thought I was. And I think, um, I think all of us, if we really are honest with each other, um, unless you're a Gordon Ramsay or a, a Jacques Pepin or, or Bobby Flay or, or whatever, uh, there's always going to be something you can learn. And even those guys can learn some stuff. Well, the one thing that I've learned <laughs> is that, uh, and we've got um, just about a minute and a half left here, Vic. We can talk more about this in after hours. Of is course. that the, the more you get into it, and I've been doing this a long time, the more is out there that you can learn from or the how-to aspect, like you're working with your knife skills and stuff. There's, it's just this huge world because everybody that's upright and taking nourishment has to eat. And when, when, what do you right. eat? Eat food, right? So, you know, there's all kinds of ways to, um, to learn that. And the one thing I've, I think I've seen is that we have graduated from, um, trick cooking, if you will. Mm -hmm. And we've, and, and we saw some of that in the barbecue stuff and, and over the years and this and that and, and live fire stuff and all that. But I think we've, we're moved away from that into really making barbecue, uh, and 
outdoor cooking, if you even if you're cooking with Dutch ovens or you know your chimney cooking, whatever, to really make it part of the food process and making barbecue an accepted part of the food world. So that, right. yeah, that, uh, I totally totally agree. And it's um, another thing I've learned too uh, since we're talking about learning is that I don't need a whole chimney of charcoal to cook my food. Right. You know, it's, it's, I mean, it, I mean, a lot of us, it's just easier. Let's fill up the chimney, light it up, toss it in the grill. And then uh, that, that's kind of wasteful. If I only need, you know, so many briquettes, or you know, if I only need a half a chimney. Um, so I'm working on an article right now that called, it doesn't take a full chimney. And uh, just to, cause if I'm just cooking a couple of steaks, why, why do I need to, do the whole chimney if I'm just cooking a couple of steaks for my family. Let's just get it hot, put it on one section, and then, and then be done with it. Right. And then that way I'm not as wasteful. So it's I've, I've gotten more conscious about my fire control and and the cooking process. So just like you were saying, it's just it's it's really cool to to really learn and grow as a cook, whether it's outdoors with your cast iron or or your grill grates, or whether it's at your kitchen uh, over your stove. Sure. Uh, Vic Clevenger, thanks for being with us, folks. Vic is going to stick, my pleasure, man. stick around for the after hours. Real quick, how can they find you? Oh, yeah, chimneycartel.com, chimneycartel, TikTok, chimneycartel, Instagram, tw- uh, Facebook, uh, all the social media things. Uh, Google Chimney Cartel, and I'll be there. All righty. Um, for those of you who got the second hour coming up, stick around for that. And if not, check out After Hours Online this week. Thanks, Vic. And we'll be back next week with another edition of Barbecue Nation. Take care, everybody. Barbecue Nation is produced by JTSD LLC Productions in association with Envision Networks and Salem Media Group. All rights reserved.